hola, hola, my name is Ricardo, I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 34 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can listen to us on all major podcasting apps, and we're on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show. And if you use Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. You can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to the show if you're feeling generous. I'm George Atrolio here with Paul Vosch. Paul, uh, I guess there's not, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but I mean, obviously the first thing to start off is WrestleMania weekend. What did you watch? Because I didn't watch anything. <laughs> I, I watched some stuff. Uh, I actually watched less than I thought I would because um, like all of the Circle 6 stuff was just for free on YouTube and all of the GCW stuff on Fight Plus, like Fight Plus actually had like a free seven day trial. So if you just signed up to that, like I did, you could just watch everything for free. So I thought I would watch a lot more than I actually did. So, yeah. Um, but there also wasn't really all that much memorable stuff, to be quite honest. So to me, really, the only thing I kind of want to talk about coming out of it is something Nora related. Uh, and that was the main event of the uh, GCW's Bloodsport 9 or Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, whatever the name of the show actually is. Uh, and that was Josh Barnett versus Timothy Thatcher. And it was actually Josh Barnett's first loss ever in Bloodsport because Thatcher beat him. And I think the match, like overall, it, it was actually a pretty nice match. Like, I don't think 
it's anything I would put on like a match of the year like list or anything like that. But they did some really nice grappling on the floor and they had this really cool spot where uh, I think Barnett had Thatcher in a knee bar and then basically Thatcher just rolled both of them out of the ring because there were no ropes to because so that was really like his only way of like actually breaking it up where he's just like I'm just going to use my body weight to just catapult both of us out of the ring and that was kind of cool and then yeah Thatcher uh, managed to like catch him and uh, sub- uh, get him to submit for for the victory so yeah to me that I think that was like one of the nicest things of Mania Weekend. Like, I've heard definitely, like, that there was other stuff as well that was really, really good. I just... Work is kind of kicking my ass right now. We're, like, in proper peak time, so I just don't have time right now to, like, watch more than that. But from what I've seen, I've really, really liked uh, that Fetcher versus Barnett match, and it's related to our show as well. Oh, definitely. And I should reiterate, uh, there's definitely people that are not uh, the biggest Thatcher fans, to put it lightly, that I saw that quite enjoyed the match. So yeah. you should probably yeah. check it out. Yeah, and actually one one other thing that I actually found interesting is that someone like Ninja Mac wasn't there because normally oh, right. like that seems was always like prime time for him to just like get booked into like crazy spots everywhere. And even mm-hmm. like other people that are currently like regularly working in Japan were there for that and he stayed in Japan because he was on these Noah shows. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the 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 um like the mechanics of the visas are, but like Marafuji and Nakajima have visas too, or did. So it's just sort of interesting that no one from Noah got booked either. Yeah. I mean, it's not like there was really all that much of note going on in Noah as we're going to cover soon. So yeah, they could have yeah. made it. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. Sorry. Actually, there's some, there's one more thing I actually forgot to put on the, on the run sheet as well. Because uh, as we're talking about, like people getting booked elsewhere, and that is uh, something that happened today, uh, and that is uh, Shuji Kondo and Kano winning the Open the Twin Gate uh, Championships uh, at the Noah show at the Dragon Gate show today. Did you watch so, the match? Yes, I did actually watch the match. It was a pretty good match. Again, not something I would put like like I didn't go four stars or anything like that on it. But it was a really fun match, and Keno won by knockout by uh, knocking out Big Boss Shimizu. So that was a really cool finish. Like, I always like it when they actually use the Keno knockout finish. They actually teased that one twice, because basically he, like, knocks him down with a kick, and the ref checks on him, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, he's, he's, still, he's still up. So, like, Shimizu just comes back up, and Keno just immediately, like, roars back and just, like, knocks him out with a kick. So that was a really cool finish. And and this is actually uh, Shuji Kondo's first title win in Dragon Gate proper, which I found interesting. And then after the match, uh, Kano cut a promo. Uh, so from what I've seen, because I couldn't really find a proper translation for it, from what I've seen, it seems like he challenged the Dragon Gate roster to come to Noah to, uh, to challenge for the belts there because they weren't going to defend it in Dragon Gate. So <laughs> I assume something comes out of that and also something related to all Japan as well. So he obviously he raised up both the open the twin gate belt as well as the two uh, all Japan tag belts that he holds. And he threw those on the ground during Uh-oh. his promo. I don't know what he said there. So but I assume it probably wasn't something good for all Japan. But we'll see if a, pro- if a tra- proper translation 
of that comes out what he actually said there. Yeah, well, that's interesting because he did the same thing in all Japan, say like come to Noah to de for the defend the titles and that sort of thing too. So this is sort yeah. of like you know Keno doing his outsider tag team champion shtick everywhere. Yeah, and then the only title he can't win is the Noah uh, is the GHC heavyweight tag titles, <laughs> which is which is also funny. Yeah, but now he holds two, two titles and two different promotions with two different partners. So. Uh, there's definitely going to be a lot on his plate going forward. Yep. And next up, I think this matters to us because I can only assume where these guys are going to end up. But we've got some more foreigners headed to Japan later this year. Yeah. So we had some Twitter announcement from Rip Bison and Perry Von Vicious, who are a tag team that I think are mainly active in... I think kind of the northeast from what I've seen. Uh, I haven't really watched them. I've heard from some people that watch more US Indies than I do because I've kind of fallen out of that in recent years uh, that these two are actually a pretty good tag team. And especially Rip is like a guy that has like a lot of respect from people. And a lot of people originally were kind of suspecting or kind of predicting that these that Rip signed with Noah because he, in his post, put a green heart in it. Mm -hmm. So it could be a possibility that that points out that it's Noah. So Perry Von Vicious didn't do that. And since they're a tag team and the way they phrase their post seems, li seems very likely that they signed with the same promotion. I would and assume so. Yeah, yeah. And they both said that they're going to start in early September. So to me... That would kind of somewhat rule out Noah simply because that is just after the N1, which mm -hmm. would be a weird time to bring someone in. Because, like, for example, like last year, they did the whole thing where they brought in uh, Jack Morris, like, for the N1, and then you really, like, get the whole tournament to, like, establish a new guy. So, to me, like, that would be then weird to, like, bring someone in, like, right after that tournament when mm -hmm. you could just use the tournament instead to establish them. Mm -hmm. So, unless, obviously, they move the end one to, like, later. I mean, all Japan would make a ton of sense because you bring well, them in, like, maybe early okay, September so, to establish them before yeah, yeah. the Tag League. Well, I was just going to say that. Like, the, okay, so the, here, Noah, just because they're bringing in lots of foreigners, these guys don't seem like the New Japan type, and New Japan has its own pipelines of foreign talent. Yeah, yeah. Did I say New Japan? No, no, but I'm just saying why we're okay, crossing yeah, okay. off New Japan. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, so yeah. all Japan, circumstantial evidence is th they're setting them up to come in for Tag League because they're not mm -hmm. coming until later. And you've got the Champion Carnival and everything now. And also, they booked, they booked the Saitos while they were on... Uh, well, I was going like to say, yes. its own promotion. Yeah. Pro Wrestling Grind and they booked the Saitos, yeah. But that also leads me to like the other one that I think might be the most likely one, actually. Uh, and because the whole Saito excursion was organized by Tajiri very clearly. Right. So if he booked the Saitos, he very likely did it through Tajiri, which means that he has like a connection with Tajiri. And just looking through his likes, which obviously is like, again, I looked a bit through Rip Bice's like to see if he like liked any like Japanese promotion stuff or anything, just to get like a hint. And I did mm -hmm. see him like some stuff from Kyushu Pro, Interesting. which obviously that's also highly circumstantial. But I think to me, those three are like the most likely ones. 
Like to me, Absolutely. it's either Noah, All Japan, or Kyushu. Yep. Yeah. I don't think great. Like I don't think these guys are really like fit the great mold at all. No. Like but just who from knows their what looks. Like I haven't great. seen them wrestle, but they don't look like great guys. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, great, great seems to be uh, bringing all sorts of different, interesting people into their promotion. So you never know. But yeah, I would say uh, all Japan Noah or Kyushu. What about yeah. DDT even? I mean, yeah, I mean, DDT definitely needs some freshening up on the roster. But, but again, I feel like, like DDT for is that, trans- for that, I would need to know how they wrestle. <laughs> I would actually need to watch yeah. them if they actually fit in DDT. <laughs> well, also, DDT seems fixated on uh, GCW and AEW. Yeah. So maybe. And not. these guys was more like wrestling and like to be on orbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. But yeah, it's interesting to bring it up because I think that they're going, they're probably going to end up somewhere where we cover. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I just think with Kyushu is though, if you're going to Kyushu as a foreigner, you're probably going to want to just live in the dojo. Right. Whereas these guys feel like they're mm-hmm. going to be, they would be better served by like going on tours like of a Noah or an all Japan. Probably. I mean, I don't know how old they actually are. I think. I think they're not super old. So I don't think it's like unreasonable for them to like be in the dojo a bit as well. But also like if you bring in like a full on tag team, like I don't think you're going to like turn them into dojo boys. Like you probably like give them like an actual push regardless of which promotion you're bringing them into. Rip Bison is 29, but Perry Von Vicious is 38. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, they definitely need to do something with him then, yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, that's really just, cool. Like, that's really cool for, like, a guy that evidently has been, like, grinding for, like, a long time now to, like, yeah. actually get that opportunity to, like, go to Japan and everything. I mean, I've never seen them, but by their look, they could absolutely slot in as a foreigner tag team in Japan in a company like All Japan, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's that, that's why I'm lean. Like that's why I'm thinking about. They would. They look like guys that fit in in all Japan. Yeah. So uh, that's something to keep our eyes open. Um, so we move on next to pro wrestling Noah. Uh, so uh, as Paul said, uh, he's been busy with work. I've also been busy. So we sort of picked and chose from the the last couple of shows, but they were smaller shows. So. You know, I just mostly watched the uh, stuff that I thought was relatively important. So we'll start with Sunny Voyage from Akita City, Celion Plaza, in front of 246 fans. Uh, Paul, all I watched from this show was um, Manabu Soya versus Saxon Huxley and the main event. Uh, did you watch anything from this show? Uh, no, actually, I gave the show a complete skip because I just looked at it and I was like, I don't see anything here that really like interests me basically <laughs> okay so the reason i watched soya versus huxley is because i wanted to get a a feeling on huxley like ah mm-hmm. come on like this get rid of this guy like come on <laughs> <laughs> what is what are we doing here yeah he and, uh, like especially also like the one thing that i like this fucking like cat weasel like looking motherfucker yeah it, it, like it's also like they gave him this like generic tall white dude in japan theme, num- theme number five as well Really? Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I think, but just he's just not very good, though, right? 
Uh, we no, have no, no, no. He's Gianni... terrible. He's absolutely yeah. terrible. <laughs> we have Gianni Valletta at home. Yeah. And um, like and and lacking Valletta's charisma. Not you know, not that Valletta had a ton of charisma, but he had some. Um, yeah, he had it's some just presence. like yeah, and I don't know, like. Yeah, There's I don't know, so Gerard, have you ever seen, can... like, old-timey, or not old-timey, but have you ever seen, like, the old, like, British wrestling of, like, the, like, world 70s of sport? and 80s? I yeah, have, world yes. of sport. Have you ever seen Cat, like, Caviezel? Cat Weasel? I, I have. And I can never remember. No, I mostly watch, like, the Johnny St. and, like, uh, yeah. uh, Mark Rocco stuff. Yeah, because Saxon Huxley looks exactly like Cat Weasel, or Caviezel, okay. whatever. And, like, it, I can't unsee it. But that guy was also, like, he wrestled, like, World of Sports style. So he did all of these, like, oh. weird, elaborate counters. Yeah. And Saxon Huxley can't do that. So I'm, like, that no. makes it even worse for me, where he's just this generic, tall, white dude with a beard. Yeah. And um, so thumbs down on Huxley. I mean, he's, like, 35, 36. So your mileage may vary on how, like, you know, chances of him yeah. improving. And, and now we know as well, we'll get to it later, but now we know as well that he's not the replacement for Timothy Thatcher either. So, like, that makes it no. even more, like, I don't know. Uh, he sticks maybe out. Maybe he's just here, maybe he's just here for, like, a quick run where he gets heated up, challenges for a title, loses, and then is never seen again. Like, if that's the role they're going for, then I'm fine. But anything else, I'm like, no. He sticks out like a sore thumb because the other, like, the, like, see someone like Anthony Green who's, like, clearly improving and everything like that. So, yeah. You know, and then I watched the main event of Keno and Katsuki Nakajima versus Jake Lee and Anthony Green, and I actually thought this was quite good. Uh, Nakajima and Jake actually work pretty well together, um, so I am looking forward to that match. And actually, I also thought Ke- uh, Green and Keno worked well together, so it's actually worth checking out. It's really probably the only sh- match on the show worth checking out. Um. Then we move on to the 25th at uh, Morioki Gymnasium in front of 297 fans. Uh, I messed up and I forgot to watch anything at all from the show. Paul, did you see anything? Uh, from this show? Yeah. Uh, from this show, I went and I watched the... Uh, oh, wait, no. I think I, I think I actually... Oh, yes. I actually <laughs> overlooked this show as well. When I'm looking at the card. I actually thought we were talking about the next one in the Mutsumaeda Arena. But no, the Morioka one, I actually also forgot about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul, your you're like sound totally changed. Uh, yeah, but that should be fine because basically I had okay. to switch devices. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that should be still, fine. On the recording, it will still come for normally. Okay, perfect. Um, then, so we move on to the next day at, at Mutsumeida Arena in front of 577. Uh, from this, I watched the GHC Junior Heavyweight title. Amaska defeated Lancelot in 14 minutes and 5 seconds mm-hmm. with the Kai Koku. I mean, it wasn't bad. Lancelot botched a couple of things, but they did a bunch of high flying. Like, I can't call it bad. I can't call it great. It was like three, three and a quarter. But I, yeah. I don't think you can, should make Lancelot like a top player in your junior division. No. Um, like, this was just kind of there. Like, not really memorable. I mean, I do remember Lancelot's, like, like his moonsault from the uh, top turnbuckle to the outside because he got some really good height on that. And Amaxa's um, suicide dive as well. So, like, those were, like, the two things that... 
Like, those are really the only two things that I found memorable about this match. Like, anything else... Like, I watched this today, and I'm already struggling to, like, even come up with anything to say about this match, <laughs> just based on how unmemorable it was. Yeah, And I then, know. yeah, the, the post-match challenge also didn't help as well. Well, yes, and it was Hayata. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I hope everyone's ready for yet another six-month Hayata reign, where he just does the exact same match every single time. I feel like it's just way too early to cut this, but you can never be, you never know. Even though Amaska beating Hayata would actually be quite good to establish that this is a very serious reign. Yeah. But it's like he has also gotten like a fairly deep, no, I mean, not super long, but I mean, he's held it for like a couple of months now. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's more likely than not that Hayata is beating him. Okay, so we'll have to watch out for that. Hopefully not, uh, because I don't want this reign to end. It's been pretty darn good. Um, next up, we have Jake in the main event. And the only other match I watched from the show, Jake Lee, Jack Morrison, Anthony Green defeated Kaido Kiyomiya, Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr., and Yoshiki Inamura in 21 minutes and 46 seconds when uh, Morris used the Tiger Driver on Wagner. I thought this was really good. I thought Morris and Wagner worked really well together, and I'm really looking forward to their national title match. Um, yeah, I didn't watch this one i only watched the uh i only watched the title match and then i watched a few more matches from the next show yeah i mean this was like a not a blow away match but it was i would say probably better a little better than the junior title match just if you want to like get into like what the match was and everything like that i mean um, it doesn't surprise me it, it it has been a consistent talking point for us that like how good these like noah six men are yeah and uh i you know the the GLG was pretty over in the crowd from the crowd here actually. So okay, I mean uh, that that's good because like I, I don't know like I, I have things to say about the crowd for the next show so <laughs> <laughs> the crowd was good here. Yeah, uh, and next up uh, Noah Sunny Voyage in on the twenty seventh at Hatchin Hohi uh, U Tree First Floor Multi Purpose Hall in front of two hundred sixty nine fans. Uh, I watched Sa- Saxon Huxley versus Yoshiki Inamura because I hate my life. Yep. And, <laughs> I um, watched that too. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe what they're doing to Inamura. God. One thing to do to Yone or go to a double count with Soya, but geez. Um, but uh, I, I thought Inamura did as much as he could to get something out of Huxley. But when Huxley was on, mm-hmm. fe- on, on offense, it was just not good. No. I mean, there were some nice spots in this, but nothing that was. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is great. Yeah, and, yeah. And Amura sold it well, and then I mean, not just that he beats him, but then that he also like, he doesn't even put him through the table. He just power bombs him again onto a table. Like, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, like I really uh, didn't Paul, understand that one. You know, I um, I didn't watch any of the next two matches because of time, but I would have if I had a little more time. Did you watch any, like, the tag match with Ogawa and Wagner versus... Yeah, I, I did watch the next match um, because I wanted to see if I could see... Because basically, Kaito Kiyomiya got a concussion, according oh, to right, Noah, yes. and I wanted to see if if I could see, like, if, if that was, like, noticeable when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't... Like, the match itself was pretty good. Um, I mean, okay. there's three guys in there, like Wagner, Ogawa, and Kiyomiya that are really good. Uh, especially Kiyomiya and Ogawa like, have just great chemistry. I really want to see more between the two of them. Uh, so, 
like that was really fun um and yeah i don't know like this wagner just hit his finisher normally like it didn't really s again like it can always happen on randomly in wrestling with a concussion and everything and maybe it happened earlier and it only became noticeable then like yeah post-match or whatever who knows um but yeah wagner hit his finisher and pinned kiyomiya and then basically like immediately the ref is like checking in on kiyomiya and it's just like pushing Wagner away and everything. And then everyone is just kind of standing around awkwardly in the ring. Uh, yeah, I don't like, I know some people brought up if this is a work to basically stop <laughs> Kiyomiya from going to Japan, but I don't know. That, you that seems you a little to bit too elaborate. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. To, you mean going to the US to accompany Mudo yeah. as, yeah. Yes, so it ended exactly. up being Inamura. Yeah. It ended up being Inamura who had to push uh, Mudo around in his wheelchair and everything like that. You can see all the. But again, online. like that feels also feels like Inamura was also always gonna go as well because they did the whole angle with Huxley before this match, and that also feels like oh yeah, Inamura is just gonna go to the US now for a bit. Like yeah, because that seems like a right. That seemed like a write off as well, where he just gets power bombed onto a table, and you have like reasonable explanation for why he isn't there. So yeah, I don't know because he's not on the next show, right? Yeah, he's not like. So also, it's it's weird. It's weird. Like I don't know if this Kaito thing is a work or not because it's also like you you had like two assistants come into the ring, but then Hayata is one of the ones that's helping him out of the ring as well. Which yeah. whenever there's like an actual worker involved and like an injury angle that always sells sets of my alarm bells, I just don't mm. get why they would do this. Like that. Like it just seems way too complicated complicated just to like be like oh i don't we don't want kaito to like accompany muto to the us in case he might get hired like i don't know it like it yeah i don't know there's definitely i can definitely see it because there's definitely some bells that went off for me when i saw hayata being one of the ones that carries them out but then right. i also don't really get why you would do this like instead of just saying like oh he has sponsor obligations or whatever and he can't go anyway yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, in case you're wondering, Mudo, Mudo did attend the uh, WWE tryouts in case you didn't think Kiyomiya was trying to get in there. I don't know. That set off my own alarm bells when I saw Mudo watching the tryouts. I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I my belief is still that Kaito would have just gone there to carry his bags because he's a bitch, but <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Like and my thing also always is like oh yeah like Muto is gonna help him get into to get gonna help him to get into WWE and I'm like that's not how Muto operates like what the f like why would he do that like what does how does KG Muto benefit from doing that that is always the most important thing you need to keep in mind whenever KG Muto does literally anything how does he directly benefit from this he doesn't benefit from Kaito Kiyomiya signing with WWE. Yeah, and but he's he can, like his he, agent. He can brag that he got a talent for WWE. Yeah. I mean, what I was actually suspecting, maybe he was there to like try and see if he can like worm his way into like running NXT Japan. But then NXT Japan got killed like a couple of days later when they got bought by Endeavor because even if those plans weren't like if those plans weren't dead yet completely, they're completely dead now because Endeavor is not going to sign off on that.
Uh, absolutely not. And technically, isn't it a merging with UFC, not a yeah. purchase? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're merging. So basically what's happening with WWE is that uh, Endeavor... So Endeavor, basically, they will create this new company. Uh, and Endeavor shareholders will hold... Uh, so basically... So UFC is a subsidiary of Endeavor. And Endeavor is merging the UFC subsidiary with WWE. And the new uh, shareholder structure will be that Endeavor shareholders will hold 51% and uh, WWE shareholders will hold 49% in the company. And yeah, basically WWE and UFC are merging into a completely new publicly listed company, but that also completely kind of changes like WE basically can't just do whatever the fuck they want now anymore. Like they need to ask Endeavor if they want to do that. And like stuff like NXT Europe and NXT Japan doesn't really seem like something that Endeavor probably has any interest in doing. Well, good for us. And also thank you for that yeah. description because a lot of people seem to just think it's Endeavor buying WWE. No, 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 no. It, it is a merger because if they were buying them... So actually, okay, and now I'm getting way too nerdy on <laughs> <I'm kind> of <laughs> touching on like my actual real, real work stuff. So basically, if you looked at like the stock movements for both of them, Endeavor shares went slightly up and WWE shares went slightly down because a lot of people probably when like rumors of a sale went around, probably like bought in, uh, expecting kind of a nice handy payout. Whereas now they're not getting a direct payout, they're just getting shares in the new company, which Still good if you're like a long-term investor, like a pension fund or something, where you just want the dividends or whatever. Like, that's still fine for you. But if you just came in there because you wanted like the nice big payout by the Saudis who were just going to like pay you for like <laughs> taking the company private, that's not happening. $10 billion to pay, go pay yeah. it private. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're paying like an insane amount per share and like you can cash out like on a really nice like uh, payout. Whereas you can't really do that here because you just get new shares that are traded on a stock exchange. So if you cash out and loads of other people cash out, the stock price collapses and you're not going to get as much. So you kind of need to either stay in or find the right time to like get out, basically. So a lot of mm -hmm. people already got out when it got announced. And yeah, so that's basically the uh, situation there. And yeah, we did, well, thank you, Paul. And we don't have to worry about <laughs> any more foreign nxts either so we'll never have to talk about that again probably hopefully what 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 was talking like six months about like i don't know kyushu pro got bought i mean if we want but if we want to talk about more wwe related um stuff given how uh endeavor uh treats their uh talents uh you know mm -hmm. we might have to be watching jiro very soon again on our television uh, screens yeah. i mean you know? Given that some other people might be leaving and Noah seems to have some interest in like starting a women's division, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people that might be leaving from like the women's division and WWE might pop up in Noah. Like I think if an Asuka leaves, I think she's like, if I'm Noah and I want to start a women's division, like that's someone I'm bringing in immediately. Like Kana, well, if, I'm... if I can build my division around Kana, absolutely I'll do that. Pre presumably you would get into wise. Presumably, you would get into a bidding war with Bushi Road over any of these women, right? Though? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So you need to like outbid stardom, but like if you're actually serious about it, then you actually need to like put some money behind it as well. You, yeah, you have to get a big name. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have um, Naomichi. Okay, did you watch Naomichi Marafuji versus Yasutaku Yano? Because I wish I did, but I didn't. Not. 
I watched like bits of it, uh, but I didn't watch the full match essentially. But what I found interesting was Yano's new gear, which is very heavily Harada inspired. Interesting. Yeah, so that went 16-19, but Marfuji won, of course. But uh, I think that might be a sign that Yano's going to begin to get a push in the junior division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with the new gear and everything. Mm-hmm. And then in the main event, Captain's Fall match, Jake Lee, Jack Morris, Anthony Green, Yohei, and Tadasuke, the good-looking guys, defeated Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Manabu Soya, Hajime Ohara, Hiroki, in 1915, when uh, Jake used his skewered front high kick on Hiroki. Um, yeah, this was pretty good. Uh, I think I like that just straight two versus two tag between uh, Congo and the good-looking guys on the show before. But it was a perfectly fine main event. And I guess it's kind of nice to see them bringing back the Captain's Falls matches into Noah. Yeah, well, I, I thought this was pretty good as well. Uh, just a nice back and forth. What I found really striking, though, was just the size difference between Jake Lee and Nakajima. Yes, like but I do think Na- they work well Jesus together. Christ. Yeah. No, they, they do, they do. But, like, when Nakajima had him in, like, a, a basically was, like, I think he was trying to do, like, a German suplex or something like that. And there was a lot of Jake left above Nakajima's head, let's put it that way. <laughs> so that was very noticeable. Uh, so I'm really curious on how them, how their match is going to go. Yes. And people wonder why Shotaro Shino has such a hard time getting pushed in all Japan. No, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Noah. Well, no, actually, we have a few things on the uh, Zebio Arena Sendai show on the 16th. Wild and Free, we're talking about the women's division. Maya Yukihi versus Sumeri Natsu, uh, Natsu Sumeri. This one's called the Lala Palooza Fiesta. Drillistico Dragon Bane and Alejandro versus Extreme Tiger Alpha Wolf and Lancelot. Uh, so Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf have been welcomed back to Noah. Wasn't sure yeah. about that, but uh, well, yeah, I'm... Noah booking <laughs> Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf in a match that doesn't involve either of the of that doesn't involve the other one difficulty impossible apparently yeah or any japanese or only one japanese wrestler either yeah (laughs) uh but yeah i don't know it's probably going to be fun but i'm like i said i'm just like all anytime i see like dragon bane and alpha wolf just in a match together i'm just like just book them in a match where they're not together like for once i just want to see what that looks like yeah and the thing is like (sighs) drillistico doesn't do anything for me yeah. Either, so... Neither does Lancelot. And Extreme Tiger... No. I think Extreme yeah. Tiger's are perfectly fine for his position. Like, he's yeah. just a... You know. Whereas Jalistico and Lancelot, they're actually trying to do stuff with. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, Alejandro's gonna be fun. Yeah. And for the GHC Tag Team Tunnel, subtitled Volcanic Explosion, <laughs> M- Masa Kidami and Deki and Abby versus... Takashi Sugera and Shuhei Taniguchi. I think that will be great. And it'll probably continue yeah. the very underrated hot streak of GHC heavyweight tag team title matches. Mm-hmm. So do you think uh, Masa and Inaba are retaining or are they putting it on back yes. on Sugera but with a new tag partner? No, I think that's what Taniguchi's here for. Yeah, he's here to take the fall. Yeah, they just, they just keep yeah. running with this. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like like Kitami and Inaba think they're actually hot. So I think it's actually yeah. like I think actually cutting off their legs right now, like I think would be a bad idea. So I think you just see how far you can get this like take this tag team reign and you can always like put together like another like super team or whatever and then they can take the belts off of them at some point. Yeah. And then uh for the GHC national title subtitle, sky's the limit. Uh, El Quixote, Dr. Wagner Jr. versus uh, Sublime Every Time Jack Morris of the Good Looking Guys. Uh, I called him Bob by his d- possible <laughs> nicknames and factions. But I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yeah. I'm also very certain that Jack is winning here. I'm pretty confident Jack is winning too. They yeah. seem all in on GLG. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why I think they're going to win. Yeah, or Jim yeah, Morris no. is going to win. And also, like, Wagner, like, Wagner also feels like, like, his reign was really good. Like, I think he feels like a guy that was elevated. Like, I think you can actually, like, even if he loses the belt here, you can actually do a thing where you, like, heat him up immediately and give him a GHC title shot against Jake. Uh, yes, uh, you could do that. Or you could put him into a, you know, what about putting him in a, well, I guess Thatcher's coming back, so... Yeah, I was going to say like something like a tag team with Hideki or something. That would be fun too, yeah. He is, he is technically, yeah, he is a member of Segura Gun, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Maybe he hasn't teamed with them in a while. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think that would be a good idea. But like, I think there's definitely things he can do with him now. Like last year, he was very clearly just like a tag guy, but I think like, there's actually like even more things he can do with him now, and you can actually like, like he's like a believable like upper mid card to like main event guy now, which I definitely didn't expect before he won this title. So like this has just worked out perfectly. But I also feel like this is like the right time to take it off of him and give it to Jack and see what Jack can do with the build as well. Absolutely. So that's something to watch, and of course the main event is uh, also subtitled the Lunatic Gate. <laughs> open the lunatic gate so um, who is the lunatic in this case I think it's supposed to be Jake but I mean isn't you know with that smile or that grin there's sort of yeah. Nakajima also supposed to be a bit of a lunatic who's also knocked out multiple people <laughs> also yes and could well he might have a hard but, time knocking out Jake because I'm not sure yeah, I was about to say he needs to head. kick really high to knock out Jake <laughs> uh, but like that's not an know. accident at that point <laughs> i mean i have a good feeling about this match from a match quality standpoint i think it'll be good and i think jake retains yeah like i don't think that's really like i don't like nakajima doesn't feel hot enough to take the belt and you'll, you'll just see like you i would definitely be worried with the yokohama attendance on how jake draws as a champion so, but I think you give him a few more chances and see how things develop, and then you can always like put the belt on someone else if it doesn't work. Okay, we should uh, we should preface this by saying we heard from like someone in the Voice of Wrestling Discord who went to the show that the all the tickets were sold were in the upper deck, or yeah. you know, and he did but... actually, or they they did actually provide like photographic evidence of, as well that where you could see that people are sitting in the upper deck. So, but Paul, as you said, it, yeah, as you said, that's still not good because no one's buying the no. premium tickets. Exactly, <laughs> which is how you make most of the money at the show. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so you you don't want people to sit in the upper decks at well you do want them to sit there if you're selling the whole thing out. Then yeah, that's, but that's great because you've already sold the yeah. other tickets first. Exactly. Like basically those are for like people walking up day of the show. That's what they're intended for. Not for people like yeah, basically they completely priced the tickets wrong. Like whatever they've done here, like they need to like revise their pricing. But you know, I mean at that point Maybe it's a little bit less of the wrestler's fault. Like it's kind of more of a corporate failure, really, because that's not on the wrestlers if people just like put the wrong price on the tickets. Yeah, definitely. So. Mm. And also, wasn't there yeah. like one more match? Because we knew that Fatra was coming back, right? Like, didn't he have a match? Didn't he have like a match with him, Hideki, and Huxley against some team? Um. Let me check. That might be very possible. Uh, yeah. Well, we knew. Yeah, because we knew he was coming back. Yeah. And. Um, but I don't remember who they were teaming against. Oh, I think it might have actually been Inamura. I think it was. Wasn't it Inamura and the Funky Express? Uh. Well, I, I okay. So I'm looking here on the the show on the 16th. Mm-hmm. It's Hideki, Timothy Thatcher, and Saxon Hux, Huxley versus Inamura, Kenya Okada, and I forgot. We forgot. I totally forgot this guy was coming in. Sean Legacy. Oh yeah, Sean Legacy. I've never yeah, seen I mean, Sean. He has Legacy. a good look. He does have a good look. I've never. Yeah. He's listed at 180 centimeters and 94 kilograms, which is a heavyweight in Noah, I guess. In New Japan, they might. In New Japan, they might start him as a a junior. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but I, I mean, he has a really good. Like, I don't know. Ever since like Jack Morris, I'm like a lot more willing to give these guys a chance if I don't know them. So. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, because we knew Saxon Huxley was going to be bad. Yes, exactly. I, I, people have seen Saxon Huxley before, and the people that do know Legacy have said that he is actually pretty good. Yeah. So. Um, and Legacy has, well, yeah, he's got he's got that kind of look. I think that they're looking for. Yeah, it would not shock. I wonder if they shuffle him in the good looking guys too. He he would fit right in, yeah. And that way you yeah. kind of keep like a that that way you keep like a like you make it like a six people faction as well, and you have like three uh, foreigners and three Japanese people. So yeah, for sure. And you can break up, break off, like, and have all the foreigners just do six man tags and stuff as a team and everything like yeah. that. Um, so I do actually think that this match on uh, this show on the sixteenth in in, in uh, Sendai will actually be pretty good. No, oh, I, I do like the card. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super excited about that Lucha six man, but I mean that also has the potential to just like actually just be a crazy spot fest. And then I kind of like yeah. the rest of it. Like, I think Maya versus Natsu, I think that could actually... Be. It depends how the crowd reacts to that one. Well, uh, yeah, I mean... I hate to say it. I think I said it before, but Natsu has a ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I mean, it's definitely something... It's definitely something new on the card, like, uh, like that. But yeah. I think the tag oh. title match has... The tag title match is going to rule. Like, I think... I feel very confident saying that that's probably a four-star match. Oh, um, 
I have another match here that I forgot uh, that has been recently announced. It is Marfu- Naomichi Marufuji, Kaido Kiyomiya, the returning ninja Mac, at Shushi Katoge and Seki Yoshioka versus Keno, Shuji Kondo, Hajime Ohara, and Hiroki, and a surprise fifth member who's not in Congo, but a fifth member of the team. Ooh. Paul, this is in Sendai. Any ideas who could that be? Well, it's obviously Kojima. Oh no, it's it's Jinsei Shinzaki. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay. I mean seems seems like uh Noah is throwing the head into the ring for like the uh Fujita Hayato Junior uh sweepstakes by bringing in Shinzaki, trying to maybe massage yeah. him that way. Because they actually on the D uh, Dragon Gate show today they actually had had Hayato on that one. And Mochizuki oh, really? said that he was gonna come into like uh uh, Michinoku Pro and challenge him for the belt and everything. So, I I, I think there's probably like Loki a bit of a bidding war going on for that guy, because I remember uh, like quite... him and Keno like shot an angle as well recently. Yeah, so that's something to watch out for. Uh, so we move on to All Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, first, we have to say congratulations to Hokuto Omori for finishing his probation. He can drink alcohol again. Cheers to that. Uh, and then, okay, so I will start really quickly off. Uh, Evolution had their first show on March 31st. I almost forgot, but it didn't air anywhere. <laughs> and nope. they're not airing on AJPW TV. Someone responded, someone asked a question of that. And then the, there was a response from Evolution Twitter account saying no. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I yeah. think you got to get your shows televised, folks. Yeah, that that's stupid. Like, like, you already have the infrastructure right there. Like, just take yeah. the same camera as you use for All Japan TV. Just put it on and there. You have, like, a bit of additional Shin content. Shinkiba's a single cam. Some... Yeah. Shinkiba's a shing- single, usually a single cam show anyway. It's not that yeah. expensive. Yeah, um, and I don't, like, you don't even need to bring your own camera. Like, I'm pretty sure they just have, like, a camera at Shinkiba that everyone just uses. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I think what it is is there's a hard cam, but All Japan brings in another camera when they brawl on the floor and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, they drew 278, which they sold out, which I think is a good sign. Even though yeah, the show especially because they matches. kept the two. Yeah, just the three. Three trainees. matches. And Black Mensa Ray was the, the referee. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a weird look from the photos that I saw. Suwama. <laughs> the mask on and everything. I have to say, Suwama really does keep kayfabe because he's nowhere to be seen these days around Evolution. It's just all no. Shuji. Yeah. Anyway, the, res- the results were Miyuki Takase defeated Sunny in 11 minutes and 56 seconds with a second rope guillotine drop. Rina Yamashita defeated uh, my favorite, Zones, in 12 minutes and 19 seconds with Hilaria. And you beat Chi-Chi in 10 minutes and 45 seconds with the Bear Bears. And they're going to have another uh, show at the beginning of May in Shinkiba. So hopefully they televise that one. Yeah. So I don't know. But, I mean, they got a lot of media. Well, I mean, you know, the they got media coverage from the main people that, you know, do your wrestling, like your Tokyo Sports and 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 yahoo sports and that sort of thing like that so there's something there uh but uh they got to get uh some airing even if it's on i don't love doing nico nico but at least it's accessible yeah it's something like twit casting or whatever like Mm -hmm. Um, Like something like literally anything but obviously to me like just just put it on all japan.tv like maybe you get some new subscribers like the subscribers that all you already have 
like they get a little bit more content it doesn't really actually cost you anything extra in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe i can pull a ken griffey jr rookie card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arena club com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one now when i buy slab packs at arena club it finally feels like i know what i'm getting i was able to open an arena club slab pack and and i'll be honest it was a lot better than what you normally do say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arenaclub.com slash v-o-w net arenaclub.com slash v-o-w net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three in one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint 
recognition, and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints, and in one second, it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months, and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking, a remote control with a 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or, wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door Speaking of All Japan Pro Wrestling TV, Paul, there's a they have a special on for April. It's free. Mm-hmm. All the shows of the Which Champion Carnival idea. in April. All the shows of the Champion Carnival in April are going to be free, including you're going to get a Kento Miyahara versus Yuma Aoyaki match and a Kento Miyahara versus Satoshi Kojima match. Yeah. No, now, that, I have to that say, is really great. Yeah. I also have to say it's pretty savvy because if you want to see the last block night in the finals, <laughs> you have to pay in May. Yeah. No, no, no. That, but I think this is a, this is a really great idea. Like just like you have some momentum right now. You're a bit hard, so you like try and like take your best tournament. You have like some draws in there. Like you have like Kojima in there, like a guy that gets you some mainstream like uh, publicity. You were just on the big dome show for the Muto retirement. So I think this 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 is a really good idea by them to make it free for the month. And like all of the yeah, shows are uh, like all of the shows are live as well. No VOD shows. Oh here. yes. No VOD shows this year, so they will go up pretty much right away after they're done. You don't have to wait like a day or anything like that. And they're clearly like targeting like foreigners to you know get in on this too. Yeah. No, I I think I think this is really smart. Like if somehow you're someone that is listening to this and isn't subscribed to All Japan. Well, I think there's people that 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 listen to this that once did subscribe to. All Japan TV that might not uh, anymore. But I will say, if you're signing up again, this free month is for new memberships. So use a new email if you've previously been yeah. but not currently part of alljapan.tv. Yeah, exactly. So make sure that you can actually take advantage of the free month. And, you know, stay subscribed where you want it. Then you can actually follow along uh, while we review the shows. Or you can watch the uh, uh, matches that we recommend. Uh, exactly. Uh, so there was only one show uh, that happened while we were uh, gone. It was on the 26th 
uh, of March in Shinkiba first rate in front of 240 fans, part of the Dream Power series. Uh, without going through the whole show, uh, I will just say that the two junior tag Battle of Glory skirmishes that were both singles matches, Kotaro Suzuki versus Rising Hado was pretty good, but especially Kaido Ishida versus Ryo Inoue was excellent. Yeah. No, that, that was really nice. Like, I love that one. That one was just Ishida just beating the absolute piss out of Inoue. <laughs> All mm-hmm. in 11 minutes. No, I, I, I love that. And also, like, the kicks between the two of them. Just yeah, I mean, Ishida sold. Nasty. Yeah. For those those kicks. Yeah. And everything like that. And then... Um, also, Ishida good has, match. like, really good presence now as well. Like, I think it really helped him that he's, like, won the title as well. Like, I think that actually gives him, like, a whole new, like... Yeah, like, he pops more now. Like, he was a guy that was really good before, but I think he's, like, different now. Well, did you watch Kazma versus Ishida from Great? No, I actually haven't watched that one. You really have to watch that. It's incredible. Okay. Okay, yeah, then I'm going to... It's on YouTube, right? Quite possibly Kazma's best singles match. Okay. I mean, I, I'm actually someone that really likes Kazma. Like, I really love to run Dragon Gate. And oh, no, I, I, I like Kazma, too. And I think he has definitely improved from what he was years ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was a really great match. Okay. Okay, yeah, then I'm definitely going to look that one up. And then we had Atsuki and Aoyagi and Yuma Anzai going to a 20-minute draw with Naruki Doi and Hokuto Omori, which was another really good match, I thought. Mm-hmm. Anzai is so over with the Shinkiba crowd. It's nuts. Yeah. And then... Like, uh, they, they, like, when, when he hit the jumbo uh, knee, like, that crowd just came completely unglued. And it also becomes, yeah. like, very clear that that's, like, the mold that they're using for him as Jumbo Saruda. Absolutely. And a little Suwama, maybe, I guess. And a little Suwama. So, so, okay. I mean, there's loads of people now that use the backdrop hold as a finisher, but, like, for using Jumbo Saruda, like, kind of have to give him the backdrop, right? Uh, probably. But, I mean, I know. I mean, he's also, like, athletic enough that he could probably do something even more spectacular if he wanted to. True. I mean, he definitely but- has to move on from the. German because I mean that Kendall's move. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. It could very well just end up being a backdrop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I but I do find it interesting that actually having like a young boy that is so protected like him actually makes it really interesting because the matches are actually like because I was actually really not sure what the outcome here was gonna be. And obviously they went to a time limit draw. But I just looked no. at it and I was like, Well, don't think they're gonna draw about Atsuki here. And they're definitely not going to drop out Doi, he's the champion. And Hokuto is also in the champion carnival, so you can't really drop out him. So theoretically, Anzai, but then Anzai's been super protected. And yep, turns out they're just going to go to a 20-minute draw. No, but I think that was fine for this. Yeah. No, it, no, no, yeah, no, it is perfectly fine. But again, just think about that. If you would ever say that about, like, another, like, guy that is, like, six months in, where it's like, oh, we need to protect everyone in this match, including the guy that debuted six months ago, so let's go to a 20-minute draw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely not. And then uh, we had uh, Yuji Nagata, Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamer, and Ray Paloma. First time in All Japan in a while. Uh, po- mm-hmm. I saw that Ray was very excited to team with Yuji Nagata, actually. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> the return of Evolution Associate member, Ray Paloma. Yes. And they defeated because they actually uh, they actually made him an associate member like years ago. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, because he was around a lot more in all Japan, popping up 
um, than he is these days. They defeated Gungnir of Anarchy, Shitaro Shino, Ryuki Honda, Yusuke Kodama, and Masao Hanabatake uh, in 13 minutes and 41 seconds when Nagata pinned Hanabatake with the um, backdrop holds. Um, yeah, it was solid. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. Like this, this one wasn't really anything special. But I mean, at least now we know that Kodama isn't out of all Japan. Yeah. And then in the main event, Voodoo Murder, Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito defeated Kento Miyahara, Suji Ishikawa, and Yuma Aoyagi in 23 minutes and 32 seconds with a backdrop hold from Suwama on Ishikawa. I uh, I actually did enjoy this match. And Paul, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The Saitos are improving. <laughs> <laughs> going to keep saying that. for t- Like they're going to turn into the Miz when they just keep improving for like the next 10 years. <laughs> Oh, come on now. <laughs> Let's not compare <laughs> them to the men. <laughs> now, now I'm just imagining the Saitos coming out, doing like the twirl on the ramp and doing the point. Or like being the Miz's muscle. I mean, that actually would be kind of... If the, here's the thing. So what? <laughs> this will absolutely never happen. What if like Endeavor is like, why are we paying this dude so much money? Let's fire the Miz and he comes into all Japan and the Saitos actually do become his muscle. <laughs> it would be funny. Um, yeah, because if the Miz somehow ended up in Japan, he would probably be in a unit and have muscle. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, uh, but no, I do agree that the Saitos like are improving. Slowly but surely. But like this is actually like them being in Champion Carnival and having loads of singles matches is actually going to be a big test for them because they haven't really done that at all in their career so no. far. No. And uh, Suwama pinning Ishikawa was interesting, although, I mean, so we'll see how that uh, goes into the Carnival. But before we get to the it Carnival... It definitely bodes well for Yuma, I, I want to say. Yes, I think so. Before we get to the Carnival, Junior Tag Battle of Glory... Uh, which will be happening from the carnival, but it ends on May 4th in Korokin. The finals are not on May 7th in Oda Ward. So we've got Ryo Inoue and Ojishiba, Dan, Tamara, and Hikaru Sato, Atsuki Aoyagi and Rising Hayato, Nuruki Doi and Naoki Tanizaki, and Kataro Suzuki and Kaido Ishida. Not a large field, but that's all killer, no filler. Like there's not a bad or yeah. really weak link in the chain here. No, no, not at all. Like, if I'm looking at that, I'm actually into, like, pick who's, like, the weakest worker here. It's, I don't know, Shiba, maybe? Maybe. Dan? Like, but again, like, it's all incredibly close. Like, Atsuki and Doi and, like... Yeah, you could make a case for Dan, but... Like, there's standouts here, but... But Dan continues to improve, so... Yeah, exactly. Like, there's not gonna, like, there's very unlikely to be, like, a bad match in this tournament if they give the time. there's, There's no questionable things, like, in the champion card Yes, yes, no, there's no tr- questionable matchups here. And if they're given time, like all of these matches have a potential to be really, really good. And, and it's a 20 minute time limit, which yeah. I think is going to play into it. And it kind of has to when you have this many teams. When you're dealing with. Yeah, and you, have, you have like some small, champions in there as well. When you have a small field, you're going to have to do draws. Yeah. Uh, but let's just fast forward to April 30th, the last block day of the tournament. Uh, that's in Osaka at Edeon number two. And the two matches there are um, Atsuki Aoyagi and Rising Hayato versus um, 
Kaido Ishida and Kotaro Suzuki, and then Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara versus Naruki Doi and Naoki Tanizaki. Paul, do you think that there are outsiders in the finals? I could I see felt the like, Shida and Suzuki team go to the finals. Yeah, because I felt like the way that they set up at Oda Ward and they had those two singles matches that we were going to get a mm-hmm. Aoyagi and Hayato versus Sato and Tamara finals. Plus, Sato and Tamara are the two-time defending junior or maybe one time. Or did they win it twice in a row? They did. Because there was that one year that, that Sato put it on. Um. And it, it aired on pay-per-view on, like, Nico Nico, and I never oh, saw it. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And then they won the other one that um, in 2021. To be honest, I have, like, almost zero memories of the 2021 tournament, not going to lie. It was, it was in Shinkiba again, but it aired on AJPW TV. Yeah, but I think that this one has a really good potential to be like, yeah. Because I think actually not even just that, but I think Sato has actually won this one like a few times in a row now as well, right? Oh, no, no, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. Because then before that, it was him and Yusuke Okada in 2019. Yeah. And you need to go back all the way to like 2018 when he didn't win, when it was won by Iwamoto and Tajiri. Right. So... Yeah, I think then they're playing into that. So I think Tamara and, and Sato were in the finals. Yes, yeah, I think that's pretty likely as well because then you can also get like a Dan title challenge out of that as well yep. if he pins Doi uh, on the final night. Yep. Which then and, brings the question yeah. is, but I feel like um, just Aoyagi and, and Hayato are the best sort of story and everything like that for, to win. I mean, in terms of kayfabe, that is like the strongest team, right? Because that's kind of like the All Japan super team, basically the All Japan Junior super team. So they would make a lot of sense. But it's also like you could kind of like subvert expectations here, especially with like Suzuki turned on Hayato. And Ishida is a champion as well, where like maybe Great was like, we want our guy in the finals. So that would make a lot of sense to me as well. Yeah, so it'll be interesting, uh, but I'm pretty confident about Sato and Tamara making the finals. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's really likely because I don't think there's much of a point of putting Doi and Tanizaki in the final, unless you just really want to do the whole like Aoyagi beats Doi in the finals and then that way he gets another title shot. Yeah, but definitely. it also feels like there's more like time left in the Doi reign as well. I. Th- think that's reasonable because like if Atsuki challenges him again like he has to win right he has to beat him the next time yes that's true too so, so yeah, yeah. I don't know to me to me that this seems like the most likely one where yeah oh no wait there was actually one in 2021 as well which was won by Omori and Kodama oh that's what I'm thinking of maybe yeah. There wasn't one last year, was there? Uh, no, there wasn't one in 2021, but Dan, uh, but yeah, Dan and Sato did win it in 2020. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, You're they right. did that one, like, one. right at... They did that at... They, like, the last two times they did... Or they did it, they did it at the end of the year. They did it um, in December. 
Right. And then, um, right, because, yeah, Kodama and Omori won the All-Asia Tag Titles. Yeah. Uh, at from, the New Year, uh, yeah. T-Hawk and Lindemann, yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So that's the Junior Battle of Glory, or Tag Battle of Glory. It's a very then, different... Do you want? Do you just quickly want to compare that to the field they did in twenty? They had in twenty twenty one. Yeah, what was the field in twenty twenty one? So the field in twenty twenty one. So it was won by uh, the team, the Total Eclipse team of Hokuto Mori <laughs> and Yusuke Kodama, and the other participants were Atsuki Eoyagi and Yu Izuka, Black okay. Mansuri and Hiroshi Yamato. Yeah. Uh, Sato and Dan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Izanagi and Masashi Takeda. Oh, you're right. Yes. Masato Kamino and Takato Nakano. Okay, from Basara. Yeah. Uh, Raicho and Sugi, who has <laughs> witness protection, apparently. Yeah. And then the final team was uh, Seigo Tachibana and uh, Takayuki Ueki. Of were he, were he still the Yoshitatsu Kingdom at that time, or was that after the? I believe so. Yes, Yoshitatsu. they were. Yeah, they were Yoshitatsu Kingdom. Yeah, that that's a very different junior division. Like that's a very different field compared to the one they have this year. Like it's a, it's a bit of an upgrade in quality there. Yes and no. I mean, I think it's yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's some good some good stuff like that. Like Atsuki and Yu Izuka. That's a great team. Yeah. You know, but yes, this is all very streamlined, very efficient. Yeah. I think the efficiency is higher at this field. Yeah, this this is all stake, no sizzle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we go on to the champion carnival. Block A, Yuma Aoyagi, Cyrus, Ryuki Honda, Kento Miyahara, Jun Saito, T-Hawk, Yoshitatsu, and the greatest X of all time, Satoshi Kojima. Block B, Yuma Anzai, Shitaro Ashino, Shuji Ishikawa, Hokuto Omori, Takao Omori, Rei Saito, Suwama, and Manabu Soya. And so, yes, since we recorded last, it is going to be... Or can, it was confirmed that it's going to be Takao Mori as the uh, replacement for Naoya Nomura in the B block. My thoughts are, look, it's a last minute replacement and you can have him beat anyone. And you can sort of also have him beat mm-hmm. a- or anyone could beat him, at, which is probably the key thing here. And he, you could also have him beat anyone. Paul, what yeah. are your thoughts? No, no, no. I think I'm fine with Omori because... Bringing in, like, there wasn't really anyone else that you could have put, like, you could have moved up a junior if you weren't also doing the, like, junior tag battle of glory at the same time. So, but obviously because everyone was busy with that, you couldn't do that. And then there isn't really anyone else on the roster that isn't already in the tournament. Yeah. You could have put in here. So it had to be Omori. And another outsider, like, this on this short notice was unrealistic because it would have had to be someone that is available for the entire tour. Like, it has no overlapping bookings with their own promotion, and then that promotion also has to be willing to have their guy potentially, like, lose a bunch of matches as well. Yep. So it, it was just the most realistic option for it to be Omori. <laughs> yes, but definitely. The, on, the one thing, though, I will say is that what will obviously cause them a headache here is that I think it was the most likely outcome that Nomura was going to win this block. And now it's I the agree. question, who wins this block? Because well, I don't really see an obvious candidate. I, I have some thoughts we'll get to in a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and so the first show is on April 8th at Corkin Hall. We'll just every everyone's having a match. So it's Cyrus versus Jun Saito, Yoshitatsu versus T Hawk, Satoshi Kojima versus Ryuki Honda, which I think could be great. Kento yeah. Miyahara versus Yume Aoyagi, obviously uh, great. Takao Mori versus Ray Saito, Shatoro Shino versus Manabu Soya, uh, Wrestle One Never Die, uh, Suwama <laughs> versus Yuma Anzai which I think could be a lot of fun. And Shuji Ishikawa versus Hokuto Omori, which we just saw. Um, but I wonder if... Do you think, given that match we just saw, Omori scores the upset over the big dog? I, I think there's a pretty decent chance that like Hokuto gets his win back here. Just like Suwama will get his win back as well. I think that, that will be kind of the theme of the first night here. Okay. Honda gonna... versus Kojima is one where I'm wondering about a potential upset as well, because... Like, the feeling I've gotten from, like, the Shinkiba show, just in general, like, it seems that they're pivoting GOA, that they're pivoting to Honda being the leader of GOA. Interesting. Okay. Because they came out wow. to his music. He was the last guy announced. Like, he was the guy that got into it with Nagata and the post-match and everything. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. So, that's also very possible, but Kojima... Kojima's got a win on his first night in, I think. True. I mean, I mean, it is, though. It is the Satoshi Kojima. So, in theory, like, he's not a guy that you need to establish. But, yeah. Uh, we're not going to go through every match. But just to note, April 25th, Korokan Hall is when you get Kento versus Kojima. Yeah, do so watch that. If, if, you get, if you're signing up for it and you don't want to watch anything else, go and watch that one. Exactly. Uh, so we'll fast forward to the final two nights because I think there's a lot to uh, pick through here. April 30th in Osaka, the final night of B-Block action. Shuji Ishikawa versus Shotaro Ishino, Suwama versus Rei Saito, and uh, Takao Omori versus Manabu Soya, and um, Hokuto Omori versus Yuma Anzai. Paul, what does that say to you about who's going through? So... I mean, obviously, the original plan here was for uh, Nomura to get his win back over Soya from the tag title match and go to the finals. Yeah. That's obvious. Like, they're not sending Takao Mori to the finals. That, that's not happening. I still think he's beating Soya here to eliminate him. Well, but, yeah, because Soya beat him on Janu- yeah. in January. Remember yeah. that match? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he, I definitely think that Soya is winning. Uh, that, sorry, that Soya is losing here, so that he gets eliminated, because yeah. all Japan will pr- like a he's a champion, and b Noah probably wants to keep him strong as well. So, yeah, yeah so he will probably be eliminated here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other ones kind of have, str- like I said, I'm kind of struggling to come up with because I'm almost saying that just do the completely crazy thing and you send Anzai to the final. Really? Yeah. Because, well, you know what my thoughts on this are, Pa? Mm-hmm. Ashino is beating Ishikawa and going to the finals, and Ray mm-hmm. is upsetting Suwama, and that's going to cause more stuff with Voodoo Murders. I, I do think that it is also pretty likely, yeah, that Saito, Saito is beating Suwama here to, like... Because we haven't really gotten anything on, like, the Voodoo Murderers breakup. Like, that just completely went away again after everyone turned on each other 50 times so but yeah that would be like a really nice spark to redo that again yeah i mean i know that finals 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who else you got from that block? Ishikawa just was in the Triple Crown match. Suwama? Yeah, like, Ishikawa definitely is a no. Ishikawa is definitely... He's definitely not making the finals. I think Suwama is possible. Yeah. Um. I mean, he can still do, like, Dissension and, like, Voodoo Murderers from, like, I don't know, Suwama, like, demands Saito lays down for him or something like that, and he doesn't. And then Suwama just beats him anyway, and he goes to the finals. Like, yeah. I don't really want to see that because I'm kind of done with main event Suwama, but they're also kind of in a bit of a rough spot based on how they laid out those blocks. Yes. So, that, that, like, that's why I'm also almost saying, like, Anza is over, and, like, it is completely crazy to send, like, a guy six months into his career into a champion carnival final. You might also run the risk of, like, exposing him too much, like, yes. putting too much on him this early. But, I don't know, it still seems like a better option than, like, almost anything else in the block. Ashino, I guess, you're, like, you're at least guaranteed to get a good match out of it. But you're yes. kind of... The problem with that is, like, he's absolutely not winning. Well, so it doesn't make for a super interesting final. Whereas with Subama, at the like, I guess it's the same with Anzai, but with Subama, at least, like, if you send Subama to the final, like, it's always believable that he could win, even though it's sure. unlikely that he would. Like, it's very, like, well, I, I'm very certain that the A block will send the winner, but at least if you well, send Subama, you, you have some reasonable doubt there. Whereas with almost anyone else, there isn't really a doubt that the A block winner is going to win the whole tournament. Uh, so then we go ahead to May 4th, Cork and Hall Show, which is the final night of A block action. Kento Miyahara versus T Hawk. Satoshi Kojima versus Cyrus. Uh, I have that one marked out. I think that will be a ton of fun. <laughs> uh, Yuma Aoyagi versus Yoshitatsu and Ryuki Honda versus Jun Saito. Paul, what do you see happening here? Because I have an idea. Uh, okay. I, I could definitely see, like, I feel like Kojima is going to get upset here. Like, uh, yep. I think Cyrus is beating him. Because, like I said, like the A block winner is most likely winning the whole thing, and I don't f like it. Doesn't make sense for All Japan to run Kojima versus Nagata as a triple crown match. That that's just no. weird. No. Uh, so I think that I think we can mark that one off as pretty certain. Uh, and then Honda versus Saito is one I'm kind of curious about, because, like I said, I have a feeling that they're pushing Honda more now. So, mm -hmm. so I feel like in that case, Saito would win to eliminate him. And yep. then, obviously, like, it depends. So, to me, it kind of comes down to, like, Yuma Eoyagi or Kento Miyahara. Well, I have some thoughts I... about this. Paul, okay. what do you think T-Hawk beats Kento and then Yuma beats Yoshitatsu to go to the finals again? Yeah. I think that seems pretty likely as well because that way you get give, like, a nice big win to T-Hawk uh, over Kento as well. Like you, like, you avenge, like, the triple crown loss from last year. Yes, and I think Great wants something in terms of having your rookie pin Shima. Yeah, yeah, and they need they need that pound of flesh. Yeah, so so I think and I think that that one feels likely. And uh, yeah, did you see that T Hawk wasn't actually at the press conference, but Clark Kent was? <laughs> yes, I did see that picture of, of Clark T Hawk Kent. 
Um, Especially with him standing next to Honda and Saito, and he just looks like a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I think with... Also, I think T-Hawk beating Kento can keep that feud going because they really do have great chemistry together. No, no, no. I think that that will be really cool. And Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a long-term thing as well because, and I mean, the thing as well is like, Kento is busy with other stuff. Like, I guess a lot of people think like, oh, it's going to be Kento versus Nagata and everything. But like, Kento also has like other things. Like, Kento still has kind of the simmering feud with Kitamiya and like the whole Noah stuff that he's got going in general. So like, Kento has other things to do. Whereas Yuma, I mean, now even more so that Nomura is injured, like his feud with Kongo is kind of done unless he just gets a new partner and then goes after the tag titles again. Yeah. But I think it also makes a ton of sense for him to just kind of pivot and just go for... And again, that also makes sense, like, if Nomura was the one, was the guy that was originally winning B-Block, you would have had no Yagi in the final. Yeah. Which is, like, I feel like a big final that they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, well, but you can't count Kento out, because this is all Japan, no. right? It's Kento Miyahara, yeah. Yeah. Like, this could also just all lead to... Kento Miyahara pins Yuji Nagata, wins this tournament, pins Yuji Nagata, and he's the Triple Crown champ again. Absolutely. Uh, But I assume whoever wins this tournament is beating Nagata. Yeah. Because there's no real point in, like, like you gave Nagata a defense already, and there's not really much. Like, he he has exceeded our expectations, but I also feel like he doesn't really want to do, like, 30-minute Triple Crown main events for much longer. Well, no, he's not in the carnival, and I think that's because, like, that yeah. would just be too too physically exhausting for yeah. him to like, do Yeah, like, I feel like that's why tournament. Kojima was drafted into this, because Kojima was probably like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do a carnival, whereas he probably yeah. asked Nagata first, and Nagata was like, yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Whereas Kojima's like, Cyrus? Yeah, sure, I'll wrestle Cyrus. I'll put over Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, I'll put over Cyrus. <laughs> Um, because I think that's happening. Do you do you think Kento beats Kojima? I almost feel like that has to be a draw, right? Well, if Kojima's only coming in for this carnival, I think mm-hmm. you got to put Kento over him. Yeah, but you could still keep yeah, him alive yeah. to the final line. Here, I think this is perfectly reasonable. If yeah. Yuma is winning this tournament, Kento beats Kojima. Kojima, Kojima beats, beats Yuma. Yuma. Yeah, and then yeah. Cyrus that, that's beats, the good stuff. Cyrus beats um, Kojima mm-hmm. to knock him to keep him out of the finals. Yeah. Oh, wait, you know, I'm just yeah. yeah I, I just, I'm just looking up. They probably had to have had matches, right? Okay. No, they've had one match exactly. Actually, no. Wait, that isn't even no. Huh? Why did that bring up Kojima? Because I was just looking up if Kojima and Kento have ever faced off in any kind of way, and they haven't. Yeah, they have. Because if I go to Kento's page and I type in Kojima, it brings up a... Oh, because it was in the Osaka City Miyakojima Citizen Center. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but the matters Jun Akiyama, the bodyguard in Zeus, defeat Kento Miyahara, Nooya Nomura, and Yoshitatsu in 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh, and I also forgot on um, whatever uh, April fifteenth, 
It is Atsushi Onita and Yoshitatsu versus Takao Omori and Black Mensa Ray for the All Asia Tag Team titles in a current explosion death bunkhouse match. Sure, just throw that into the middle while you're like working the carnival, Takao. Why not? <laughs> I hope they win those titles just to get them. I hope, I, yes, but I also want Takao Omori to take some time off of the disc if he's doing all of that in one month. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. They, they have to win because it's just, there's just nothing there with uh, Unita at this point. No. Um, but then that means Yoshitatsu taking a fall in the middle of a tournament. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Which they don't like... Whatever. Um, oh, also, like, I he's feel probably, like... He's probably... He's probably... He's gonna, probably going to finish bottom of that block. I would think so at this point. Uh, he'll get one upset. But here's my other issue, with, especially with the way that they've been booking Yoshitatsu... Um, mm-hmm. If Kento goes through the final, that means Yuma is getting upset by Yoshitatsu on the final night, and that just is yeah. way too geek geeky for y- Yuma yeah. and Yagi at this point. Especially yeah. given how Yoshitatsu has been put at the bottom of the card now. Yeah, and you're probably main eventing that show with Miyahara versus T Hawk. Like that way, yes. I mean, the, the downside is obviously then Yuma goes through to the final, like looking through the curtain, but still. Like, that's fine. That's fine, yeah. They've done that before. And uh, but what yeah. do you think the result of Kento versus Yuma on night one is? I think Kento's beating him. Yeah, because I think, I think you, you, sort of keep... you, save, you save that win. You save that win for Triple Crown. Like, basically, you make... Do you make that Yuma's V1 defense? Or do you save that for, like, a bigger... Like because when he holds no. the title, like she has to beat him, right? In a defense. Well, a V one Kojima defense, and then Kento, because Kento wins Royal Road, and then they have that. They're having the match at Yoyogi number two in September. The show. Oh yeah! No, 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 no! You 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 draw that one out until December until I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do that too. But then what yeah. does Kento do? I mean, they're, they're, they're going to do something big for like New Year's as well. So Yeah. Uh, I could also see that being an interpromotional show hosted by All Japan too, though. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I'm actually curious about, though, for B-Block, where do you think Yuma Anzai finishes? Because we can't, we can't, like I said before, we can't apply normal young boy logic here. Uh, I think Anzai could get four to six points, max. He can beat... Hokuto, Takao, and Rei. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't lose anything losing to those other guys if he shows his fighting spirit. And plus, yeah. whenever you see a rookie getting in, in a tournament early on, they so many have gone zero in the past. Mm-hmm. So anything, even two points is a respectable yeah. showing for him. But I think it will be at least four. Yeah. I think he gets four points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like, I actually feel like he might actually even have a chance to upset Shuji for Ishikawa as well. Uh, yeah. Now I, and then he might lose He might lose to Hokuto. I, I, no, I could see Anzai getting four points beating uh, Takao and Rei, and then, uh, yeah, losing to Hokuto on the last night. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So four to six is my prediction for uh, Anzai. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So let me... So uh, my, my projected finals... Of course, I'm not. I can never go 100 percent because of Kento Miyahara. Um, <laughs> is Ashino versus Yuma? 
What are the chances? Yeah, I think I'm actually going with... I'm going with Yuma versus Sawama. Okay. What are the chances of Ashino winning this tournament? Because him Zero. and Nagata seem to have a little... Just straight up. Really? I feel like they've been planting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Up t- he was just... He, they just did the Samoa Joe storyline where he got abducted by ninjas. <laughs> uh, and nothing came of it. He just came back and he was just... He, the voodoo murderers put him in a body bag and dragged him out of the arena. And he just comes back and he's just the same guy. <laughs> You're probably right. I'm just trying to convince myself. That's not that's not a guy you have winning the champion carnival a month later. No, it's not. I'm just trying to convince myself that Ashino is still in it. But look, I mean, <laughs> Yuma versus Ashino could give you the best final. No, it definitely would be. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I fully agree that that's from an in-ring perspective would be like the ideal outcome of the B block. I just don't see that happening. I just, I think like it was always hard for Sheena to get pushed in this promotion just based on his height. And I think now we're definitely past that. Because Anzai, Anzai, so many young guys. You think Anzai was the nail? Honda, like in his own faction. I think yeah. You could argue Anzai might have been the nail in the coffin for Ashino because here's your yeah. your six yeah, exactly. two super rookie. Yeah, like they're definitely like they're definitely like actually Anzai might be Ashino now that I think about it. <laughs> just really put that point across. <laughs> uh, maybe you do so, just send Anzai. But to yeah, I feel like Yuma could walk Anzai yeah, through. That's what I've been saying. Phone. I've been saying, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been saying. Like the the risk that I'm seeing there is like that you risk like overexposing him. But then again, like it's not like he's working from underneath all of these matches. No. He's actually his rookie is like working on top. Like he's like getting heat on people. So I yeah I, I think putting hands in a final isn't unreasonable. I feel like they're gonna do Subama just because that's like the safe hand and it's like it means still means something for. Yuma to beat Suwama in the final. Yuma's Suwama in the champion carnival blocks before, I think possibly twice. Yeah. So it's just like, it's not as big as it could have been. But anyway. No. But this is a, this is. Like, like I said, my, my, my kind of weird scenario is Anzai, but if I'm just being real, like if I'm being realistic, it's Suwama. But I kind of wanted to be Anzai just to see, like it's incredibly risky because what I've kind of realized as well, like thinking more about like all of the Kaito situation is that they ki- like in a weird way, they pushed him too much too fast. Yeah. <laughs> Which feels weird to say now in hindsight, but because that actually, like if you look at, if you basically just cut off everything that happens before he loses the title, or basically before the day after he loses the title, his first title reign, to go and just look at the push there. That's not actually a bad push, really. But because he already held the title for a year and he already won the N1, that didn't really work. Yes. And that's the risk you run with Anza as well if you give him too much too early. Yeah, but because the, then you can kind of can't do these kinds of stories anymore. Sure. Yeah, exactly. You could have you could have milked more of a the rise of Kaito uh, than it was. Yeah, because he is twenty seven. Like if you if at twenty seven, like you like. Yeah, okay, you lose to Keiji Muto. Well, look, look, look Yuma's about the same. If, if you've never won the title before, that's not bad. Yuma's about the same age as Kaido. Yeah. Aoyagi, I should clarify. Yeah. 
get you can't even say you can't even just say Aoyagi because there's another Aoyagi in the promotion. Yes. Like that's actually something I, I realized recently is that all Japan loves people with the same name. Yeah. There's two Omoris, there's two Nomoras, there's two Yumas, there's two Aoyagis. Like this is so many people. What, what, with what the about same a name. team faction with Anzai and the Aoyagi brothers called Two Yuma, Two Aoyagis? <laughs> oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> or or we just pretend that everyone with the same name is brothers, like you have the Omori brothers. Do you remember you the Yagi brothers remember, were actually do, brothers? Do the, the time, Nomura brothers. Do you remember the time when Dave wrote in the Observer that Takuya Nomura and Naoya Nomura were brothers? Yes. <laughs> I think that was around the time when they had that match and Big Japan yeah. is like rookies against each yeah. other. And Dave was like, oh, yeah, they're two brothers in different promotions. Like, no, Dave, they're not, <laughs> not related at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, Paul, any thoughts on the Champion Carnival? Do you think, well, first of all, if you're not a, subscribing to All Japan TV, you should change that for this. Because if nothing else, you're going to get the whole tournament that I'm going to be paying, you know, 1,800 yen for, for only 900 yen, because you're only paying for May. Uh, yeah exactly and um and you probably get like the title win as well like uh, the yuji nagata uh title defense as well yeah i mean i don't think this will touch the quality of 2018 or 2019 overall but mm -hmm. i think it'll be the best carnival since 2019 just because the crowds can cheer yeah i think very easily and like you're probably gonna have like some bigger crowds as well because there's no attendance restrictions or anything like that either yeah maybe actually we don't know yeah i say that but then it appears like whatever you booked in january still applies so no i'm pretty yeah, sure though that these things went on sale bef after the the restrictions were lifted plus all japan never did okay. restrictions because they just would take the tickets over the the um cheering because, you know, they're all Japan. And did for the great show. They did that, but that's also great. I don't know. But that was the only time that they did it because they were packing in. Yeah. They basically said, we're, we're going to take that money instead of having the crowd cheer. Which, you know, I can understand yeah, yeah. when you're all Japan doing that. Yes, exactly. It's like, you need that money. Yeah. So. Which is why that was always weird that no one ever did it. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? We've really to get at that point. Look, they can't even sell those tickets. <laughs> they can't even sell those 700 tickets in Korokin. Yeah. So you might as well just... Exactly. That's why you should have... Whatever. It's done now. Restrictions are gone. So it's pointless. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I think it'll be pretty good. I mean, I mean, in terms of crappiness, there's nothing really... I know, Yoshi... It just depends on how the siders perform. Because if they get lost in a match... Yeah... Um, Cyrus I mean, versus a maybe maybe this is something Saito like where like Yoshitatsu pulls out, pulls out this weird like chemistry he has with Suama maybe with a Saito. I'm well, actually strangely I, I, I'm I actually know. strangely confident of like a three star match between Cyrus and June Saito because they're just gonna slap each other really yeah. hard for like eight minutes or something like that. Yeah, there's going to be like a lot of like clubbing blows and a lot of like people running into each other in corners and everything. Just a lot of meat slapping. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't think there's going to be anything too, too horrible on this uh, in this tournament. No. Tatsu versus Cyrus, I think, is probably the one I'm looking at. No <laughs> that, yeah, but that has that has car wreck. I want to see quality, right? 
Yeah, they might also keep that one short. That might just be yeah. Fight so the question is, are they going to stick the Saitos in a singles match that goes more than ten minutes? Do they have the stamina to do that? <laughs> well, they just had a six man that went twenty two. Yeah, but that's a six yeah. man. Like it's a lot of time for you to rest in there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if whereas if you're like in the, like June Saito versus Kento Miyahara, I'm really curious about because Kento Kento has uh, has a style and he has certain expectations about like pace of a match that I don't know if June Saito can keep up with that. Well, it could be Kento just getting beat up for ten minutes and the last two minutes he hits like thirty knees in the the shutdown German. Yeah. But that, but that's also definitely one when like Kento's absolutely winning, right? Oh, zero percent chance that June's well, winning. Well, okay, so where what where, where does Kento lose? He loses against T Hawk because yeah. Kento's gonna have to lose a couple of matches. See, but that's maybe where he loses against Kojima then. Oh, that's right. Because that's a believable loss. Yeah. Um. Because he beats Yuma. He, well, he can lose against Cyrus, actually. I think, Cyrus, I think, he's someone he can lose to. I mean, if Cyrus is a long-term guy, and I think he is, you can have him lose to Cyrus. Okay, so Kento loses to Cyrus and... T-Hawk. That's, so that's four... But then again, he doesn't actually need more than, like... Like, let's say Yuma loses to... Yuma loses to Kento, and then... Okay, no, in theory, you would need three Kento losses because I think Yuma is losing to Kento and Kojima. Yeah. So you would have Kento lose to T-Hawk, Cyrus. Yoshitatsu. And then you need one more person. I'm, and I'm not joking Yoshi, about that. Yoshitatsu, yeah. Because Yoshitatsu's upset him before. Yeah. And because my, yeah. my only issue with giving someone like Honda a win over Miyahara is you want to save that. Yes, exactly. Like you, you want to save that one. Like that—that's too early for now. Like they're going. Like I don't think we're that far away from Honda actually getting a real proper push. Yeah. But that's still something you can make some money with. Uh, so you save that one. Uh, what about June beating Kai- Kento through interference? Because June's never going to be a, a top singles guy, so you can just give him that win now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But then, then I actually like just Yoshitatsu upsetting him more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Yoshitatsu is only going to get like four points. Because that because that way that way you also still keep like Kojima losing to Kento as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, like I could very reasonably say as well, he loses to Cyrus, T Hawk, and Kojima. Yeah. The thing with Yoshitatsu is, who else does he beat? <laughs> and they're going to give him. Yeah. So that might be that might be that he only beats Kento. They'll give him some pity points, so he'll get like two to four points. I mean, I could I could see could probably beat June. Yeah, I could see. Yoshitatsu rolling up Cyrus, to be completely honest with you. Because Cyrus is going to have to take some losses. Yeah. Yeah. Cyrus just like beats him up for five minutes and then Yoshitatsu Yoshitatsu just rolls him up out of nowhere. Yoshitatsu beating Kento and Cyrus in the tournament is a perfectly respectable showing for where he is on the card now, I think. Yeah. No, that's four points. And yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the Champion Carnival, and it starts on Saturday the 8th. So, Paul, any final thoughts about anything at all? Uh, I'm really looking forward to this carnival. I am too. As I said, I think this, has, this, this will be the best one since the pandemic. So, uh, and I think, especially for A-Block, I think there's a lot of like, interesting like, potential scenarios in there. And 
yeah, like I said, B-Block, Yuma Anzai, first champion carnival, hopefully of many. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we will give you all of the coverage of the champion carnival, of course. And we'll be back in about two weeks because we'll have the big show in Sendai for Noah. And then we'll have like a good chunk of the champion carnival done. And we'll be able to probably see some pathways to who's going to the finals by that. So for Paul Vosch, I'm Gerard Detrolio, and we'll see you in two weeks. Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today.